What is up, you guys, and welcome back to another edition of the podcast. My name is Ramon, and this is Dad's Podcast Project. It has been a bit, to, to say the least. Uh, I have been really quite busy with school. Uh, overwhelmed would be an understatement, but this has been by far probably one of the hardest semesters that I've had. And working full-time and taking really only two classes, but two of, one was relatively easy. It was just film, but it was like every single week there were assignments due. I had to watch a film every single week and trying to squeeze that in with, you know, the kids, they can't be awake during some of these films, like one who flew over the cuckoo's nest or full metal jacket. I can't put these movies on when the kids are awake. So I have to wait until they're asleep and their bedtime has been getting later and later progressively, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and so just really, really being busy these past few months. And so I decided to take a step back, took a step back from a lot of things from, well, recording videos from recording podcasts and just a lot of the other extracurricular activities that I would engage in outside of school. This was also my last semester of uh, computer coding. And for those of you who don't know, uh, I have been studying uh, coding in uh, the community college and learning Java and all of that fun stuff. And it, it is pretty cool. I definitely enjoy that, I guess, that subject. And the math has been pretty easy. Most all of this stuff I've been able to retain and use in my in my day job as a programmer. And so all in all, it's been very, very helpful. And being that it was the very last class or coding course that this college offers, I it, it was kind of like, well, I want to do really well. And I feel like I was putting a little bit of stress on myself to, to do so, even though like I, I ended up with, I believe it was a B in the class, but I just felt like I, sh I was really trying to get that A. It was just, this is, this is what I'm wanting to study. This is what I want to learn. So I should excel in this subject. And it was a little hard to, to be able to take that B and just be okay with it. I, I know it's a passing grade, but at the end of the day, it's just how do I feel about my, I guess the, the, the effort that I put in personally, I feel that I put in the effort and I don't want to make excuses. However, I feel that over these past few weeks, I've just been, that's what I've been doing in my, in my mind. It's like, oh, well, this, that, and the other are the reasons why I, if, if the situation or the scenario were played out differently, I could have done better, but you know, we're, we're past it. It's neither here nor there now. And we're back. We're back to recording. Um, I'm in a new podcasting space. I've rearranged the sort of the whole layout of the house and 
the one of the things that we're going to be trying to implement in these next couple of days is having the kids sleeping in their own room. Now, in the beginning, I, I wanted the kids to share a room together. I think it's a little bit different, though, because we have a son and a daughter. And my brother and I, we shared a room for forever, it felt like. It wasn't until I think I was in high school that I finally got my own room, which is the spare room. And so I figured, well, the kids, they can share a space for, gosh, at least until maybe our son is in the fifth grade or maybe the fourth. Um, But my wife was just like, she's very observant of the way that, that they're acting and just their personalities and stuff like that. And she just, she really felt strongly that, you know, maybe it's time to do this sooner rather than later. And so we did, we, we made that decision to move them into separate rooms. Uh, they, they haven't done it yet. I've gone ahead and I've moved their beds and I've cleared some space. And so that in and of itself was <laughs> quite the task, but, um, certain things of, well, my, my desk set up and, and a lot of my things needed to move because now the spare room area slash guest room is going to be one of, one of the kids room. So that's just one of the things that, that we have transitioning or changing in our lives. And we're definitely going to see how that, how that works out. I enjoyed sort of the back and forth banter between the kids when they're going to bed. Like as a parent, clearly like when you, when it's the end of the day and it's bedtime, you, you just want them to crash out. It's like, all right, you guys just go to bed. Like that's it. Day's over, go to bed. And the kids, they don't, I mean, for anybody who knows or who remembers being a kid, you don't just go to bed right away. So I would listen to the kids as they're talking to each other. Sometimes they're fighting. Sometimes they're just having conversation. Or I would see in the the monitor our daughter's getting out of bed uh, to go talk to her brother. And sort of, I don't know, like little bonding moments for the two of them. And that'll be that'll be changing. That'll be coming to to an end for the two of them uh, as they move on and into their own rooms uh, other updates gosh there's just like so many things that have transpired what with I think the last episode that I recorded is definitely pre-covid so <laughs> at the time of recording this uh we're well into like a year and a half maybe of the whole covid COVID-19 thing. I'm sure historians are going to look back on some of this content and maybe this podcast is being flagged for, you know, content and they're going to say, inform yourself with the CDC and the World Health Association or organization before uh, taking anything that I say uh, as, as factual. Um, but it's definitely been an interesting time for my family. Our well, my mother-in-law, she is definitely a high risk uh, 
or at high risk for getting it. So my wife and I, for the past year and a half, have taken it upon ourselves to be really strict about following these guidelines, uh, regardless of where you stand on the matter, whether uh, history will tell who was right and who was wrong or who was misguided or who was, I don't know, like we're, we're living in it at the time of recording this. And, and it's very hard to like, people are definitely at odds. There are people in this world who believe still wholeheartedly that it's no worse than the flu or that it is a hoax or that, you know, all of this could have been prevented or they blame government people in government for all the things that could have been done or should have been done. And at the end of the day, it's just, it comes down to personal choice for us. And we chose to, to follow these guidelines. We wore masks or continue to wear masks. We maintain social distancing. Uh, unfortunately, one of the things that comes along with getting older is your family starts to get smaller. Uh, uncles, aunts, parents, uh, they all go off into the next transition of life or the afterlife. And so for myself, my family was a very large family as a kid and has dwindled down to a very small family. And so because of that, it's not like we were or I felt hugely impacted. I mean, we weren't really doing the the big family get-togethers that we were when we were kids. And so to me, it wasn't really that big of a change. However, for my wife, she is used to getting together with her mom and her brothers, the the siblings or the, I mean, the nieces and nephews. These are things that she is used to. So it definitely affected her and not being able to see her mom, not being able to see her family or not know when she was going to see her family and, and her mom. These are these were very strong uh, emotional things that she had to sort of wrestle with over this time. And so when we're, we're seeing at this time at least some light at the end of this tunnel where restaurants, the gym, certain things like this are opening back up, other states, and it's exciting. It's exciting to think about planning these family trips. Again, there are others who they threw caution to the wayside and just said, I'm going to do me. I'm going to live my life. And regardless of the, the effects that it might have. And, you know, we've seen, we've seen people get it. Unfortunately, we've known people who have passed away from COVID complications and like personally known people. It's not like the names that you see on the news and you can't put a face to the name. Um, you know, I think that it, it resonates different when you have someone that you're close with or a family member uh, who has contracted it personally or who has passed from it. And I think that it, it, it makes it ring a little bit more truer than, oh, that's just something that I've seen on the news. or the, We're still talking about this thing and living in a small town, we can often feel like we're in this this bubble where 
oh that that's just happening over there that's that's something that the city has to deal with that's not affecting us here however i mean it's something that has touched my family it has touched uh, people that i know and i don't know it's just uh, i'm fortunate i guess or knock on wood lucky uh that we've we've not had any issues ourselves but i mean what are you gonna do it's just it's just one of those things and i remember a story when i was a kid and there's a lot of times throughout history but this one really i guess i don't want to say this but (laughs) when i was younger i remember it was gosh what was it i think it was the mayan calendar was that 20 2002 or uh i forget what the mayan calendar thing was anybody who's listening who might remember feel free to (laughs) to let me know but or i'll look it up after recording this but there was something to do with like oh the mayans only made a calendar that ends on this date and they've been right about so many things like all these stories started coming out like the Mayans predicted this earthquake. The Mayans predicted this flood. The Mayans predicted all these things. And then here the calendar ends. So everybody's saying this is a significant sign that, well, they've predicted everything else. This must be when the world is going to come to an end or the end of humanity or whatever the case may be, just some catastrophic event. And I remember asking my dad, I was like, what do you think about this? Like, what do you really think like the world is going to end? And he told me that throughout his life, there've been a lot of times where everybody felt this is it. This is the end of the world. I think during his lifetime, that was like uh, a huge celestial event when all of the planets were supposed to be in alignment and it only happens like once every who knows how many millions or maybe not millions could be billions or even hundreds of thousands of years uh, that this occurs and even then it's never like perfect alignment but nonetheless for argument's sake the story was the planets would be in alignment and I believe one of the topics that was scaring people at the time was that the earth was just going to stop rotating when this happened. This event was going to stop the earth from rotating and everybody, there would be no more gravity on earth and everyone would just float up into space and die. That was it. It's going to be the end of the world that way. And, And nothing happened. It came and it went because all the planets are moving so fast throughout the solar system and it it was just a nothing burger and the other thing was was it 1999 when the it was supposed to be like some computer crash or some computer virus or something like the computers were designed to only go up to a certain amount in the calendar year and i think the year was 1999 and once it rolled over to 2000, like computers were just supposed to freak out. It was like the, the, oh, it was the, um, the Y2K bug or something like that. I remember that one. 
when I was a kid and everybody was like, oh man, computers are just going to crash. It's going to be the end of the, like the, the, the world stock market and all of this stuff was that we were so reliant on technology and computers that it was just going to come to an end at this time. And Y2K bug or the Y2K scare, people were really afraid of, of this at the time. And that, uh, that too ended up being nothing. Uh, what else? I think after the Mayan calendar, like talk of the Illuminati came up. And then there's always the, the religious beliefs of, oh, well, I wasn't scared because the Bible says we're, it's going to end by fire. And so, you know, you've got religious folks. They've got their own beliefs on what's going to happen and how it's going to end. And it's just... I don't know. There's just so many things that occur and happen over time or over history. And I'm curious if this is one of them. If this is one that will go down in the history books of there was this time and it, it didn't feel like it until we were maybe like a couple of months in to this whole COVID scare epidemic or pandemic, whatever you want to call it. When I went out to the grocery store, because there were a lot of things that were early, like people were panicking early and going out there and it was just like a huge rush for toilet paper. I remember there was that. Costco was limiting the amount of toilet paper you could get. There was actually one line that was designated for toilet paper, paper towels, and water. And you just waited in that line for that stuff. Everything else in the store was fine, but if you wanted toilet paper, drinking water, and paper towels, you had to wait in this really long line. And I remember going to the Costco up in San Luis, and it was there was like a line out the door just to before the Costco even opened. And then once I got in, there was like another line had already started in the store, and it started like wrapping around through aisles just to get toilet paper, paper towels, and water. And because they limited it, it was like, all right, just get up and go. Like they had associates who were working there who were just handing it to you. Like, do you want toilet paper? Yes. Boom, here's your rolls. Do you want paper towels? Yes. Here. Do you want water? Boom, two cases minimum or max. And that was the way that it was in the beginning. Now it's like we go and okay, there's water, there's toilet paper now, but when this whole pandemic first started, there was there were a couple people who were pretty freaked out thinking like, am I going to be able to get toilet paper? Am I going to be able to get water? Uh, i got to move this mic stand. But uh, yeah, there were people who were really freaking out about that early on in this whole pandemic. And other things were, oh, what was it going with this? It's a total like brain fart right now, but yeah, I just I I'm I'm really curious like what the history books are gonna say about this time because a lot of really crazy stuff happened during this time. Not only was there this pandemic, not only did we have people freaking out about con like toilet paper toiletries, uh, but we saw a lot of things change in the work world too. A lot of people start working remotely. And what's that going to look like? Are people going to have to go back into the office now that they realize in some cases productivity 
is better when people work remotely or there's really no need to have that overhead of having people working in an office. One of the really interesting stories that I, I had read or heard about was where people were working remotely and they decided to downsize their living situation. So say you're working a job that pays really well or pays you a comfortable wage, something that you're happy with, and you're able to do it remotely. Well, maybe that area that your job is in that pays you a comfortable wage or a pay that you're happy with is an expensive place to live in. And if you wanted to live somewhere inexpensive, the commute would be either way you're going to pay. You're going to pay with your time commuting or you're going to pay with your money to live closer. And so some people found that, well, now that I can do this job online and I don't need to be here, some people went to the extreme and they left the state completely or they left the county or they left like just the area that they were in for someplace much cheaper. And I mean, you can use the example of like, well, where's like a lot of low income residents that aren't, aren't really like, I guess you would consider it low income by say New York or California standards or maybe Texas. I'm not sure what the cost of living in some of, some of the major cities in Texas are, but if some people decided, I'm going to move to the Midwest, a place where you your money can go a very long way. However, the wages don't they are not really that great. Um sort of like the 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 cost of living is low, but the the income is also low. And so you bring that big city income into a place where the the cost of living is low and now you're you're living you're living on cloud 9. You're you're actually able to live very comfortably or maybe a little bit better than you were in your previous situation. And some of these employers were, they were taking it upon themselves to say, well, hey, you're not living, like say you you had a job in California or not California, let's say New York, and you wanted to move like, let's do something extreme and say like Ohio. And they're saying, well, you're not you're not living here in New York, so we're not going to pay you New York wages then. We're going to pay you Ohio wages. That can be a problem, and that was a problem for some people because it's like, well, hey, I'm still working. Like, I, I still work for this job. Your job is based here out of New York, and so it, was, it, it presented like a real gray area, and I thought that that was an interesting sort of con- like discussion to have, like, what is the play on something like that? Because if now you can hire remotely and you don't need people, you don't need boots on the ground. You don't need people to come in, clock into the office. Can you be as can you as a company be based in say a major city where you need, I don't know, clients or or other people like where the money is, however the staff well, they can be elsewhere. And we, we do this already. Uh, one of the things that I learned in my economics course, and it's that we, we outsource a lot of things. 
as Americans, they're like things like call centers. So really, I mean, just ripping the Band-Aid off here. It's a mundane job. Not a lot of people want to do it. And people don't want to pay you to do it either. They don't want to pay you well to do it. So they're outsourced. Most majority of call centers are located in Asia or India. And these are the people who call you uh, for customer service or if you have uh, issues or or anything like that. Uh, You're typically directed to these call centers or they're in charge of calling, calling customers or people. And that's one part of business that has been outsourced. Other things are manufacturing. Manufacturing has gone overseas to, to countries like China, uh, Thailand, I think, was it Taiwan is another place that manufactures goods. Mexico manufactures a lot of goods. There's a lot of other countries that are manufacturing these goods that are consumed here in America. And so you have, say, people who work in the office spaces in the United States who are earning maybe top dollar, CEOs, executives, marketing, well, marketing, advertising, that's the same thing. But you have these folks who are office personnel who might be seen as critical positions. They're the ones who are still based out here in the States earning top dollar, yet they've taken a lot of that excess cost that would have to go to the manufacturer. When you look at a company like GM, there was a documentary on Netflix that talked about them and how they ended up going out of business or they they ended up having to outsource. It was like one of the last car manufacturers here in the United States or something like that. I forget what it was. Even though I think Tesla is manufacturing here in the States. And it was just like, here's this manufacturing company. People were making top dollar, like able to support families, purchase homes, do all of these things, like earn a living building cars that were made here, driven by Americans. And I'm not sure what happened. I've not looked into the details, but all I know is that tons of people lost their jobs when GM closed their factory. And in this documentary, this, I think it was a Korean gentleman. He's like one of the world's biggest glass manufacturers. Ended up purchasing purchasing the GM facility in order to manufacture glass here in the United States. And one of the things that they had done to deter people is really try to squash that whole talk about unions. Once you get like the labor force against you, then you have to negotiate all these things like wage. You have to negotiate these things like hours and and all this stuff, sick time and just things that employers don't want to think about. They don't want, they, they just want you to come in. They want you to do your job, clock in, clock out. I mean, like these big companies, you were hearing about companies like Amazon who are having these issues. We're hearing about um, 
well, really just Amazon right now, but Amazon with their employees, like having a, having to use a restroom in like water bottles because they don't have time to leave the floor to go use a restroom. Like things like that are what unions would fight for. And it's interesting how, like, I feel like I'm all over the place right now with this topic, but it's interesting how the narrative has shifted with people's perspective of unions. We, we still have unions here in this, here in this country. The, uh, the police, they have a union. I believe the firefighters, they have a union. Uh, corrections officers, they have a union. Some grocers still have a union, grocery stores. Uh, I think Bonds or what are they, Safeway, their branch of grocery stores are unionized. So Kroger, I think Kroger and Safeway and Vons and there's a few others like Safeway Select or something like that, I forget. But these places, they, they're unionized. And I wonder when the narrative shifted. That like unions are bad. Unions are not a good thing. You don't want to be a part of a union. Was that like an employ an employer push? Was that like an employee push? Was that like a I'm not sure when in history that changed. I think that I don't know. I was I was a part of like the welders union or the iron workers union. I can't really tell you that it benefited me very much. It felt like <laughs> I mean, I was paying these these union dues and we weren't getting, maybe because of the area we were located, but we weren't really getting the things that you see like some of these unions getting, like training. It, there were no classes to train us uh, or we weren't given courses to train us. Uh, we were given good wages though, uh, I'll tell you that. Uh, other things were like, Maybe because we're a small shop, uh, the union representatives, they really never came out to see us. And when they did, it was kind of like just a high and by kind of situation. Uh, we would get like these newsletters of what these union reps were doing. And clearly some of that money was spent for them to go to Vegas and do their thing. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. And so... Gosh, we really, really went there, huh? We really went all over the place with this one. Uh, gosh. I guess just being back, being being back in front of the microphone and, and sitting down and, and conversing and being able to talk, it's it's nice. It's nice to be able to, to do this again and have the time to do this. Uh, we'll see what the frequency looks like in terms of releases of these podcasts. But for the time being, I think that we'll just start with this one and we'll see where it goes. I mean, if you, if you guys are still subscribed and you're still listening at this point, thank you. Uh, be sure to, if you haven't already leave a five-star rating uh, on your Apple podcasts or wherever you're consuming podcasts. I think that the Apple podcast landscape is changing and they're allowing people to actually not only subscribe, but I, I think they're changing like to be a more social aspect where you might even be able to charge or people can donate. I'm not sure. 
have to look into that a little bit more. But uh, again, thank you guys for continuing to listen and your continued support. I, I'll be reaching out to a couple people and seeing if they want to sit down and have a conversation again. There's a few things that have been happening in the world and in the news, and I'm I'm curious how to get a parent's perspective on things. There are a couple topics that are parent-related, and I don't know. We'll definitely have to see. But anyways, you guys, I want to thank you again, and until next time, see ya.